Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. When we truly turn to God, He will give you a new name. You hear what I'm saying? David eventually did the right thing and, and, and married Bathsheba, and Bathsheba actually did the right thing and actually became one, uh, one of the most godly queens in, in, in Israel's history. In fact, she was the one that inspired Proverbs uh, 31 and verse 1. She's the, 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 the Proverbs woman. She was the one that taught that, that, that proverb to her son, and, and she embodied it in her life. Isn't that just like God to take an adulterer, to take a woman? You hear what I'm saying? And let me tell you something. Y'all, y'all, y'all know, and I know everyone's going to blame David, and, and, and nowadays, you know, we're in this, this strange cultural time that it's only, you know, it's only a certain group of people's fault. But here's the deal. I remember when Jesse Jackson lived around the neighborhood, uh, actually 522U in, in D.C., and uh, he, was, he was at a corner a block over. Every time I passed his house, I couldn't help but pay attention to my behavior and then start looking, you know, who might be visiting his, his, his house. And you need to understand, this was not Reverend Jesse Jackson. This is the king of Israel. Everyone knew where David's house was. Everyone knew David's habits, and David seemed to come out on his roof at night. Now, Bathsheba... Now, there are lots of places to bathe. But right in front of the place, the king tends to stand. She was trying to show him that she was working with a little something. You hear what I'm saying? And, and she was part of this whole thing. We don't get a story of her resisting. When, 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 when you know, that she comes back, you know, and, and, and he says that, you know, that she, she's pregnant and all the rest. I, and she, there's no, you know, spare my husband. There's none of that going on. But despite everything in her background, she became a godly queen. Yeah, David might have been more at fault. And yeah, there was, you know, know, he was in power, she wasn't. I, I get all that. But it takes two to tango. Then David comforted his wife. And he went into her and lay with her. So we know from David, and we could just be real here. David knew how to use a sword, but he also knew how to use some other things. But, but watch this. So w- watch what happened. So she bore a son, and this is what I wanted to get to today. And he called his name Solomon. Solomon would become the wealthiest, the wisest, the most powerful king in all of Israel's history. And it was Solomon that came out of David's wrong. Pay attention to what I'm saying. If you would just turn to him, God knows how to take every wrong and make it right. My Bible says there's nothing too hard for our God. My Bible says all things are possible to him who believes. My Bible says he works all things together for good. There were consequences. And despite the good that came out, I wouldn't want those consequences. But what I want you to see, as bad and as entangled 
as David's life and behavior was, God was still at work in his life. And you may have made some missteps. You may have sinned in ways you don't want nobody to know about. But God knows how to take junk, you hear what I'm saying, from, from the junkyard and to turn it into something precious, you hear what I'm saying? He knows how to refurbish things. The very building we're in, they were selling crack outside on this side of the building every time I passed. There were prostitutes that, that would stand back here and, and sell themselves. It was dilapidated, it was ugly, it was dirty. When I told the church I wanted to buy this place, they rolled their eyes at me. They frowned, what's wrong with you, Bishop? Have you lost your mind? But God turned this ugly, this, 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 this dark place into a lighthouse that's impacting the earth. Why? Because God specializes in taking trash and turning it into treasure. That's the type of God we serve. Joel 2 and 25 and verse 26. God says this. It's a promise. I will. I will. It's not something angels are going to do. It's not something your pastor is going to do. You don't need nobody to lay hands on you. I will. Restore to you. When you go through the process and deal with the discipline and deal with it right, God promises. Pay attention to what I'm saying. When you go through the discipline, when you submit to the process, when you own your stuff, Lord, I'm wrong. It's not her fault. Lord, it's before you and you alone I sinned, God. She was a willing participant. I'm talking about her. Me and you, God. I knew better. I own it, God. I sinned. And when you go through the process and you stay in process, even though it's uncomfortable, even though it doesn't feel good. Here's the promise. He promises this to the, 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 the Jews after seven years of captivity. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. You see, when locusts destroyed crops, there was no coming back. It was destroyed. It, they, they, it, they were devastated. And what, what he does here is he says, you know, uh, the, the locust in, in all of, of its aspects, all the crawling, consuming, and chewing the devil has done in our lives, God promises to restore if we would just turn to him. I will restore. We act like we're greater than God. And forgive me for being redundant because I said this a couple weeks ago, but you can't dig a hole deep enough. God can't reach in and get you out. You can't be locked in a bondage strong enough that God can't break through. In fact, his, this is New Testament. The, the, the apostles are in prison, but as they lifted hands and worshiped God in the process, in the middle of a beating, God was like, there ain't no place too, too, too powerful to keep me. Nothing can separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. God shook the place. All the doors were open, and they were set free. God promises to restore if we would just turn to him. 2 Samuel 12 and 24. Let's go back, and I'm, I'm done quickly. And some of you parents, some of this message didn't have a G rating, but your kids are getting it. This is the best place, do you hear what I'm saying, to get 
additional information. So she bore a son, and he called his name Solomon. But watch this next verse. Why, why did they write this next verse? God's trying to tell us something. Now the Lord loved him. God loved baby Solomon despite his circumstances, despite what he came out of, despite how the two of them met. In many ways, all of us are like baby Solomon, imperfect people, in less than perfect circumstances, but loved by a perfect God. God will redeem every mistake if we're humble enough to bring it to Him. Humble enough to learn from it. The mistakes in my life are all things I've had the wisdom with God's help to learn from. Don't waste a mistake not getting the lesson. As painful as the mistake is and you're not going to learn from it, it hurt too bad. I am gonna, I'm going to extract every bit of information I can from that moment so that maybe if, if I learn better, it, it, it will never happen again. And things like this, we never want to happen twice. So she bore a son and he called his name Solomon. Now the Lord resented him. The Lord begrudged him. The Lord said, well, y'all didn't come together the way y'all ought to. Y'all weren't good Christians. No, the Lord loved him. Solomon, the greatest of all kings until Jesus, was born out of one of the most immoral situations. If a heathen king would have done what David did, it would have been bad. But for a righteous man, a gospel singer, hear what I'm saying. These psalms that we sing are hymns, they're songs. A man who prophesied, a man who, who, who God gave tremendous favor I mean, it's one thing to do bad when everyone knows you're bad, but when you're supposed to be good, despite how bad that moment was, the Lord loved Solomon. And there are some things in your life that didn't come about neatly. There's some things in your life that if you looked at the pedigree of the thing, but we're in covenant with a merciful God. We are in covenant. God forbid, and I don't even want to say this, but one of my baby's boys come home with a little baby, I'm going to love that child. God forbid they know better and I'll smack them upside the head and, and we, we will have conversation. But God knows how to take the worst and make it into something beautiful. Some of you don't feel like you have the pedigree. Everything you didn't do right didn't come about right and you kinda feel like you know, you're never gonna ever step into all God has for you because of it. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop here, but how many of you know the story of Paul? The man who wrote this, much of this book that we, at least one third of it, some people say one half of the New Testament, epistles at least. He was a man that persecuted Christians. Sounds like he just talked bad about them. He killed them. And he forced them to blaspheme, meaning he made them renounce Jesus as Lord. 
And he went from city to city doing it before he gave his life to Jesus. If God could take a man like that, flip him upside down, you hear what I'm saying? Take one of the meanest, the most venomous, and by the way, he was a religious man, so this is the worst type of man. I mean, it's one thing to be a bad dude, you know, hanging out on the street, another thing to be a religious bad dude. You ought to know better. He ought to know better. He understood. He, he knew the Bible in its original language. He, he remembered, you know, the Pentateuch. He remembered the first five books of the Bible. That was part of being a Pharisee. He remember, memorized it. But was going around killing the fulfillment of every prophecy in that book. So God's like, I'm going to use you the worst of men to show my people if I could do it for you. You hear what I'm saying? So God took the worst of men and used him to write some of the finest words we've ever read. Why? Because he wants to condone bad behavior? No. Because God's trying to show us what he can do with our wrong. When you submit your wrong to God, God can take it and turn it. He could turn a mess into a masterpiece yes. if you would just let him. Hope you got something out of today's message. Right now, every head bowed, every eye closed. That real quiet message. Some of you heard God talking to you. As I was preaching, I felt like, you know, one of those speed bumps. Don't run over me. Don't don't put your foot on the grass and run over gas over everything I said. The speed bump is designed to slow you down and think about it. You know he's been talking to you. You know the warning signs and the writing's been on the wall. You know where this behavior's going to lead you. But you're not listening. You think you're the exception. And God is saying, come to me. Learn from David. Don't make the same mistake. We don't want dead babies. We, 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 we don't want murder. Come. Come to me. And it's not about you being a bad person. It's about you not being where I've graced you to be. Jesus said he gives us power to walk on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Meaning, if we're not being powerful in the face of the enemy, it's not Jesus' fault. It's somehow ours. And we got to Learn to get under that spout where the blessing and the glory comes out. Wherever the place of blessing is for you. For me, the place of blessing is next to that little woman in that front row. My boundaries fall in pleasant places. That's the place of blessing. I drink water from my own cistern. Don't mess with nobody else's. Are you in the place of blessing with those phone calls? Are you in the place of obedience with some of the things that you're putting in your eye gates? Are you in the 
the place of blessing, the place God called you to, what you're doing with your ear gates. You see, when you step out of obedience, you step into mess. The safest place is in the will of God. God's word is his will. So take his word and begin to live it with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And as you do that, you can avoid the situation of David. In the season that kings went off to war, David stayed behind. It was his season, his season to be on the battlefield, but he wanted to be in the palace. And I'm pausing for just a moment because I feel somebody right now. You know your life is not the will of God. You know it. You know. And God is saying, just come to me. I'll keep you from that. I'll protect you. But you got to come. People live streaming, people in the overflow room, the multi-purpose room, if you're one of those persons, and don't be ashamed that God is saying, come back. You know you're out of his will for your life. I want you to stand right where you are. Stand right where you are. Stand in this room. Stand wherever you are. I'm going to pause for just a second. I see you. I see your daughter. I see your daughter. I see it. I see it. That takes courage. God sees. God watches. Stand up in a room and you don't even know if you want in this room to stand and say, I want you, God. I don't care what they think. I just want to be right with you, God. And they're thinking it's some big area. It might even be a small area. It's none of your business what area it is. It might just be what's happening on a job. It might be some other. I don't know. But I'll tell you, there should be more standing. There are people in this room. You know. You know. That you are not in the place, God, I see you standing right there. The place that God has assigned you. You know you need to correct. And God is saying, listen, there's a little speed bump I put up there. Hey, listen, he spoke to you for, for a half hour. If you just listen and slow down, I will direct and redirect. Those of you live streaming, those of you in the multi-purpose, just stand wherever you are. Father, I pray for those who stood here. I just, I got a pastor thing going on in my heart and God's saying to others, don't miss your moment. This is your season to surrender. Who are you in this room? Who are you in this room? Who are you in this room? Don't resist God, resist the devil and he'll flee. It's still in my heart. Who are you? Just surrender, surrender. And who are you fighting against? Are you really going to win against God? I mean, is that really going to work for you? Surrender. Father, I pray for these two. I pray for those in the multi-purpose room. I pray for those that are streaming right now across this, this country and the ocean. We come to you, Lord. We don't come to you as perfect. We come to you, Lord, with broken areas in our lives. 
we just come to you admitting that we're in need. We come to you surrendering, saying, Lord, I need you in my life. Father, direct my steps. Give me the courage to do the right thing. Father, for everyone who's standing or has their, raised, their hands raised, Lord, give them the courage to do what's right. And right now, I release favor and blessing. The Bible says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. There'll be a closeness. Oh, because you said, Lord, I'm the man. I, I've sinned. I've missed it. I've fallen short. I accept my responsibility. Lord, help me get this thing right. God sees this moment and he's doing things on the inside that your courage today, your faith today has allowed him to do. Sometimes I promise we're too strong to kneel. We're too strong to bend and our strength is destroying us. Our our pride and our stubbornness is harming us. We think it's a strength, but it's really the greatest weakness. I surrender. I'm not doing it on my own. I'm not fighting in my own strength. I'm not going to handle it with my own brain. God, I give it to you. Who am I talking to right now? Who are you? Submit to God. Resist the devil, he flees. The devil didn't flee until I submitted. And when I surrendered, my life has never been the same. So right now, with each of us, before I let you go, I'm going to do one more thing. Just lift your hands and say, Lord, I surrender. Lord, I give it to you. Every part of my life every secret area of my life. Those areas I don't like talking about. Those areas I don't like dealing with, Lord. Those, those areas that are difficult for me. Those areas, God, that just don't make sense to me. Those areas, God, that embarrass me. God, I surrender it right now. I surrender it. I surrender. I lift hands to you in surrender. Just like a baby, every time they seize the parent, they lift their arms, say, pick me up. Daddy, pick me up. Right now, God, in my mess, pick me up. Right now, God, with all my issues, pick me up. God, I am your child. I belong to you. Hug me, Lord. Take hold of me, Jesus. Surrender. Surrender. Jesus. Father, I thank you for all you've done today. Jesus, we bless you. We praise you. Those of you that stood, there's going to be a breakthrough in your life. Some things are just going to get easier. Things that were difficult are going to be easier. Because you're not doing it in your strength. You're doing it in his strength. We can pray with our mouths, but we can also pray to God with our actions. Faith without works is dead. You've released your faith in this room, the multi-purpose room, and those of you that are streaming, as you stood up and surrendered to God, he saw, and he will not overlook. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.